Welcome to the Clubhouse with Mark Allen and Julian Bayard. Yeah, good day, everyone, and welcome to the Clubhouse right around Australia. Julian Bayard is my name. Mark Allen is here. We're smack bang in the middle of the summer of golf right around the country, and uh, it's great. The group of players are out here, Marco, and uh, it's nice to see you. Good on you, Jules. How are you? Yeah, mate, I'm very, very well uh, after our little time together in Sydney. Nice to, nice to get up there. It was nice, get out wasn't and it? About and have Beautiful a look course. Around. The Australian's magnificent. Yes. A magnificent venue. Mm-hmm. And, no, mate, all's well. All's yes. well. A, a surprise winner last week, Cameron Davis. Yeah, what did you think? I thought when he fell away with a 72 and a 73 in rounds two and three, I thought that was the end of Cameron Davis. It just shows you a bit about the kid. Yep. Shows you exactly what that boy is made of. It does. And don't forget. Now, it's easy to say that he's never had a top 10 in a professional tournament before, but... When he was part of the winning Eisenhower Cup team that won by a record margin, yes, um, there was a US tour event played at that, at that course not long after mm-hmm. that. He, as the individual winner, got invited back. He finished 15th in a US tour event. So that wasn't too long ago. Yep. He had a shocking year in Canada. A shocking year. Shocking year. Oh, well, if you're a good player and you don't uh, finish in the top 30 there in yep. Canada, yep. then that's a poor year. But he's only 22, so he missed his card. And now he, after winning the Australian Open, he gets to play at Carnoustie mm-hmm. and he gets to play at Jack Nicholas's event, he the does. Memorial. Yep. Shows you how highly Jack Nicholas regards the Australian Open. That's right. It's a shame that no other tours do. <laughs> it's a real shame that he didn't get a job somewhere or basically a contract. Now, yep. a lot of people who might be, you know, au fait with golf, if you win a US tour event or if you win a Euro- European tour event or any tour event for that matter, one of the great bonuses is that you get a two-year exemption. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, you win a major, then you get a five-year exemption. Yeah. But on most tours, you get a two-year exemption. And the beautiful part is if you win early in a year... You get that full year. That's right. So, for instance, Wade Ormsby. Wade Ormsby. Now, this was happening on the same weekend as yeah. the Australian Open. So, so talk us through what Wade did. Well, so the week previous was the race to Dubai finale mm-hmm. in Dubai. So there's only, I don't know, uh, it's a limited field yep. in Dubai. And uh, John Rahm won the event. Well done. Now, all the best players have a holiday. But the European Tour starts the week after. The week after. So Wade wins this week. Um, he, it's funny, he went 263 events without a moustache. And he was 0 <laughs> and 263 without a moustache. Well, that's say a lot. The tournament where he grows a moustache, he wins. So he's to help Mitchell Johnson turn his career around in the Ashes that year. Too. Yeah, it's true. So, but Wade, so 264 uh, times he's had a chance to win on the European Tour, and he's 264 and one. Mm-hmm. So that's great. He has a win, but because of the two-year exemptions and the way it works, he gets all of this year. So Ooh. he gets from a three-year exemption. He gets basically a three-year exemption. Yep. So it's it's a beautiful time to win, particularly yep. if you're Wade, because he's been struggling. To, uh, what Greg Chalmers did, I reckon, on the PGA Tour last year. I think he won early. early. So he got that year, then the two years, which was going to take him up to the seniors to eligibility. Correct. Yep. So if you're going to win, win early in the season. And that's another reason why so many players who are on the fringe, mm-hmm. who aren't the world's top 50, who don't need a holiday, who are desperate to get some money up, they play... Hong Kong over the Australian Open this time of year. I've got to say, we were there and we were, you know, to uh, to put all our allegiances in the Open. We were there working with Golf Australia, which was great. And yeah. I thought it was a brilliantly run event. I thought the um, the crowds were superb. The course was um, in terrific nick. Um, a great viewing course yeah. to be able to watch golf. It was a really well-run event. But we spoke about it on air. And it's just such a shame 
of the timing of this event. Oh, One, it was up against the first test yep. of, the, of the Ashes. Yes. So TV audience was obviously going to be significantly yes. across on Channel 9 rather than the Channel 7 event. And media space, it had the draft on the Friday night. So yeah. the majority of Melbourne's media was covering the draft and a lot Correct. of Adelaide, Perth and, and that sort of thing. Can I tell you this? Um, when we had tournaments on the other side of Christmas as well, so there was always the Australian Open and the Australian PGA yep. this side of Christmas. That's just the way it's always been. Mm-hmm. On the other side of Christmas, we used to have a, you know, 10 other tournaments mm. once upon a time. But more importantly, we had a Johnny Walker Classic and the Australian Masters mm-hmm. in February. In the end, the Australian Masters was much bigger than the Australian Open. One of those reasons was because it was in February. Yep. We had the summer of cricket. By the time done. February comes People along, are a bit over cricket. we're kind of over cricket. Yep. We have the summer of tennis. By the time February comes along... We are well and truly over tennis. Yep. And one of the reasons for the success of the Australian Masters, and remember, there's a lot of reasons. One, Greg Norman came every year. Two, um, Melbourne is a, an amazing place yep. to have a sporting event of note. Mm-hmm. Uh, three, Huntingdale was an incredible venue. It was a great venue for a long time, a real spectator's venue. Mm-hmm. But the other reason it did so well on TV was because we are sick of cricket and we were sick of tennis. Yep. It's just that it, it's a perfect time of year for yep. golf to fit. Now, Let's face the facts here. Cricket's bigger than golf. Yep. And it's always going to be. And that's fine. That's the, fine. The Australian Open tennis is two, a major. Two weeks. Is a major. Yep. Where you get the best players in the world. That's bigger than golf. Yep. So we have to swallow our pill and put it where we're going to get some focus. And that is in February. And hopefully, Jules... What are you hearing, Marco? What are you hearing? Because I, well, I know you speak to the big names and you, uh, you're across things. Most so tell people, the clubhouse audience. Most people thinking. are on board with the concept that it would be better served. Our summer of golf would be better served in February. Yeah, but it's getting all the factions together to get it done. So who do they have to get together? What's the well? Golf Australia has step? to put their hand up. Yeah, the PGA of Australia needs to put their hand up. Mm-hmm. Then we need the, all the smaller open. So Victoria Vic Golf, New South Wales Golf, West Australia Golf, South Australia Golf. Mm-hmm. We have to get all those guys on board as well. Mm-hmm. Because in the grand plan is that, it, well, you know how there's the PGA Tour and then there's the web.com. Yes. Well, there's the European Tour and then the seconds is um, the challenge circuit. Always has been the challenge circuit. Wouldn't it be amazing to get our tournaments in the challenge circuit? Yes. Oh. Yes. Would be amazing. So the challenge tour would still finish where it finishes. But in my vision, then the challenge tour starts down here. Yeah. And I know that that clogs up and reduces spots for our guys. Not not as many players from Europe will come down as many think. Mm. And when you look at the South African events, there's a you know there are some Europeans that come down. There's but a lot of local it's players. Mainly, in it's mainly yep. South Af- uh, South African players, mm. and that's the big bonus for us. It's because when the Europeans decide not to come, then we will fill those spots, and it won't happen overnight. Mm. It'll take eight, nine, ten years of our guys winning Mm -hmm. tournaments and becoming European Tour players, our guys acquiring dollars and Race to Dubai points and becoming European Tour players. And then, in turn, becoming household names, which then improves the audience, includes the TV ratings, improves the money going to Golf Australia. And then they can go and pay for more players like Jordan Spieth and Jason Day to come down and play in our big events. You're on board. And that is great.
And that is that is fantastic. Now, now you are understanding. Like you're putting words in my mouth now. Mm. You are you get it. Yep. What we need you to do. What there needs to be somebody getting all the factions in a room mm-hmm. and saying, well, okay, hopefully, hopefully it's going to happen. This is the plan. But I think most people understand that February is a cracking spot yep. for this tournament. Now, think about this. This this is an issue. Is that it's a summer of golf, so. I'm not sure that the New South Wales government want to stump up whatever it costs to stage it in November 2017. And let's say it started in February 2018 next mm-hmm. year. It's a very short reign as the champion. And I don't think the governments involved want to go bang, bang. You know, Queensland with uh, the Australian PGA and New South Wales. Not so to move it around a bit. Well, it's going to miss a year. Yeah. It's bad luck. Yeah. So, for instance, if... Let's say you, Jules, mm-hmm. who are now who is now clearly on board, got everybody in a room this week, and everyone said, "I." That's a great idea, Jules. Yep. We couldn't have the tournament next year, I don't think. We, so on the trophy, twenty eighteen will be missing on the PGA and the Open. But I don't think there's any more room for these tours to grow. So that'll be it. Where tournaments have bounced. You know, either side. The, the the Masters did come back and was just short of the Australian Open there for a little while, and it missed a year. So it it's happened before, but I think for the good of the game, unfortunately, this week on the uh, PGA Trophy, it is going to be a blank year, yep. and the Australian Open will have a blank year. But for the greater good, make it happen in one hundred years' time. No one's going to care when it's a big part of the European Tour, and it's a ten million dollar event, one of the richest on the European Tour in a hundred years. They won't remember or care about the year that it's missed on that trophy. That's right. In fact, it'll be a trivia question what somewhere year? in yeah in in twenty one twenty one seventeen. It'll be a trivia question. That's right. Why did they miss the no, the two thousand and the, the two thousand and nineteen the twenty nineteen Australian Open? Well, it's because this kid called Jules from a show called the Clubhouse organised everything and got everything on track. Yep. You'll be a trivia answer uh, one be. day, Jules. <laughs> hey, uh, we've got to get to a break soon, but I want to ask you about uh, one of the blokes who was paid to come down, Jason Day. What did you make of his week? Was leading uh, going into the final round, made a birdie on that yep. e- extraordinarily difficult first hole, which we were watching the majority of players. Wasn't that a statement after Lucas Herbert made his birdie? Yep, he came out birdie. And we all just sat there and we thought, it's over. Yep. He's going to win. How far? How far? Yeah. Even the, I thought it was going to be a six, seven shot win. Even his shot into the second was yeah. just beautiful. And yeah. Lucas Herbert. Mm-hmm. And then in the end, he started making bogeys. He ended up four over at one stage for the day. Yep. Lucas Herbert got the two shots in front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But oh, let's, well, I want to talk about Jason Day because that yeah. the middle stretch of his final round, and I just I thought it was ordinary. Really, I thought it was really disappointing. Yeah, it was ordin- a, ordinary golf. And I thought he. Off the course, I thought he had a great week. I thought he was, you know, he's great with the fans. No he was giving with his time. And no doubt. you could tell that um, his mental space was great. Like, I think his, his game and his, where his mm. head was at, you could see he was relaxed and he was enjoying being there from mm. what we could gather. Yeah. Um, he hit that shot into the lip of the bunker. On nine. Into the water. Took a drop, then got a bad yardage from his Bad caddy. yardage. And from that point onwards, Good night, nurse. just lost it completely. And I, I think that's really disappointing from such a good player who's been number one for such a long time, not to be able to recover from that mm. and, and turn his game around from basically two bad shots. You know, I, I don't know. I couldn't get in his head, and I, did, I wasn't out on the golf course to see where he was aiming or hear the chatter. Mm. But it was a middle-of-the-green day. Once he once he birdied the second, mm. 
It's a middle of the green, play safe off the tee yep. day for him. Yep. Just keep on giving yourself 10 and 15-foot birdie putts. Yep. Knock it on a par five or two in two. Two putt for birdie or even just get around the green and chip yeah. and putt for your birdie. Keep bogeys off your scorecard. That's all it was. Yep. Once he beat the first. And he's good enough to do that. And he had a kid next to him. Yeah. Just keep bogeys off your card. Keep pressure on the kid. And it won't be long before you're holding up the stone. Haven Cup. Mm. Um, it, that didn't happen. It seemed to me that he was banging it off the tee, made a few mistakes, uh, and never recovered, which was sad. Yep. Disappoint, but still some good signs about his game, I think, throughout mm. the week that uh, it's back on track. Yeah, that's right. That's good. Hey, another bloke's back on track. Yeah. Tiger Woods making a comeback a this break. week. break. We're going to get back. Talk Tiger next. Marco's analysis of his swing. Where's it at? And we'll have a look at plenty of other things, including Adam Scott back to the broomstick putter. Plenty going on in the world of golf. Stick around. This is The Clubhouse. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to The Clubhouse with Mark Allen and Julian Bayard. Yeah, welcome back. It is The Clubhouse right around Australia. My name's Julian Bayard. Great to have your company as we talk all things golf on The Clubhouse. Mark Allen is in the studio as well. And Marco, uh, the PGA Tour Hero World Challenge, is over as we speak right now in the Bahamas. Yeah, that's correct. And, uh, 18 of his best mates. Depending on... Well, 17 yeah, of his best mates. Right. 17 of his best mates and Tiger. Depending on when you're listening to this show uh, across Australia, we do air in different time slots. So there'll be different scores and different uh, results. But we're taking a look at Tiger's swing from his uh, practice round and his pro-am mm. and what he posted earlier on in the week so that, uh, that everyone can have the same well, opinion on it. What did you think, Marco? What uh, did you think? Let's, let's go back a bit because the comeback started three months ago when he put some pitching action That's right. on Twitter, which was fantastic. I love it. That. I it's loved good it. that he's putting then stuff he, up. Then he went to a pitching wedge. Mm-hmm. Then he went to like a seven-iron swing. Then he posted the stinger. Remember that? The stinger. <laughs> got a bit of a mention. He stayed. You've got to stay down and mm. through the ball with a stinger. So that one looked yep. particularly good. Uh, then the driver swing started coming out, yep. and the back swing looks awesome. Yeah, like, does look know, good, doesn't it? Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, it's a, it's a shorter bit back swing, but his shoulders and uh, where his arms are and the club face and the mm-hmm. and the shaft lines all impeccable, fantastic. Then he comes down to the ball, not bad. Yep. But then the right shoulder comes up and he stands up very very straight, very very early, much earlier mm. than other golfers. And I just showed you. Uh, Dustin, Dustin Johnson. Johnson. Yep, and you could you, you I mean, can see that here. It's, it's, it's clearly it's there. right there for That's you. Right. Yep. It's right there for you to yep. see. Now, uh, it, it's a bit it's a bit like uh, all the experts telling you that Mitch Marsh is batting really well in the nets. <laughs> if you're swinging, if you're hitting the ball really nicely on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of a tournament week, that's like he's striking it well in the nets. Yep. You can. Yep. They're, they're known as on tour Tuesday champions. That's right. Lots of people shoot 66 on Tuesday. In the pro hand. Stacks of them do. So I, I'm saying this and giving you my analysis of what he looked like on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday with this in mind. I still think he's coming up really early, and I think he's going to find times in tournaments where he's going to really want to nail something and make sure it goes straight. Yep. Now, when you're in that mindset, your right shoulder goes under your chin, and stays under your chin for a long time because you have to make sure that this sucker doesn't go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And once that's in your game, once you do it once, you've got to do it every swing. Yeah. So, so do you think it's a product of his – is he trying to just preserve his body yes. as much as anything? Yeah, is that why he's, he's yeah. come out so quick? Yeah, well, I, 
I also imagine that because he's got his spine fused down the mm. bottom, and, and he did say that it, it just feels stiff, yep. which makes sense, doesn't yeah, it? I mean, well, if you can't move, oh, it, that's the product it, of it. <laughs> it, it feels stiff. Yep. But I wonder whether that is stopping him from doing what Tiger knows is right, which yeah. is keeping your spine angle basically in the same place right through the follow through. Yep. Um, anyhow, I've, I think you've you've seen Dustin Johnson there. I've tweeted um, uh, Peters. Uh, swing yes. a number of times as well, and like it's, this is the modern swing. Right mm-hmm. shoulder goes under and through, and drives down the target line. Yep. He's not driving it down the target line. He gets to impact, and away it goes. Now, it makes sense, Jules, that once the ball's gone, you can't help it mm. by driving through. Mm-hmm. But it does keep you centered yes. and repetitive when yes. you do that. So I don't think he's going to be as repetitive without driving the right shoulder under the chin and through, as he once was. Yeah. So I think it looks nice. I think it looks like it, there is power there. But at the moment, something will have to change, either in my teaching or what he does, for me to think that he's going to play really nicely 20 weeks in a, in a year yep. and practice how he has to practice and all the rest of it. But he is Tiger Woods. What I will say... He's a miracle man. What I will say... The hype around him returning oh, has bad. generated more publicity so good, and has generated more column inches in papers and tweets and social media, Instagram posts. It's so good. It's unbelievable, Marco. It, it is. It's so <laughs> good. And, you know, we talk about poster boys a lot yeah. and poster girls, by the way, but yes. with Tiger, we'll talk about the poster boys. If you got Dustin Johnson and Ricky Fowler and Jordan Spieth and Jason Day and Adam Scott and Mark Leishman and yep. Decky and all the stars of the world in your tournament, how nice just to have Tiger over here as well. <laughs> can you in, imagine in if, that event? Can you imagine if we had a brought Tiger down for his comeback last week, Mark? Australian <laughs> Open. Oh. Can you imagine? Oh. It would have been would it have been would it have been better to spend, spend a million bucks on bedlam. Tiger last week than Jordan Spieth? No, well Tiger comes with a five million dollar five million yeah probably Aussie five million. Yeah. I think yeah you know, we spoke about this last week too. I, I don't know the number, but yeah, I imagine it cost a million bucks to yep. bring Jordan down US, mm-hmm. and I imagine Jason Day would have done it for the bargain price of five hundred thousand US. Yes. I imagine, <laughs> but like I said, I don't know their ballpark figures. Yep. Uh, but for Tiger. It was three million, you know, in nineteen ninety nine yeah. when he came down to the Masters. I think it was another three million the year after when he came to Victoria. Mm-hmm. Came down twice in a row, Tiger right. Woods. Amazing. Yeah. But yeah, he he compliments <laughs> the world of golf he now does. like no other man has ever complimented golf. I love it. It's gonna be great. And we hope that he goes well. Now, a couple of other things I want to talk about. Uh, mm. also coming up, stay tuned. You've got not a top five this week. But a top ten. Well, a top ten. It was brought to our attention last week that there are some uncool things in golf. Yes, <laughs> and the the list we formulated was just so easy mm. that they couldn't restrict it to five. Well, we're just going to break protocol That's and right. just make it a top ten or maybe a top twelve or <laughs> wherever we get to in the That's break. Right. So uh, there's a lot of uncool ar- stuff in golf. Stick around for that. Uh, I want to talk Adam Scott's putter shortly, but. Uh, we're based in Melbourne here, and yep. there's a golf course about a kilometre south of Melbourne CBD. Famous golf course. Two kilometres called Albert Park Golf Course. Now, it is in the same uh, area and the same park that the Grand Prix is yes. held in for everyone well, the who Grand Prix isn't goes around Melbourne. It. it does. And the golf course shuts down for about two months when the yep. stands all go up, and I think the third and fourth holes all get yes. converted. Now, there's a driving range across the other side of the lake, other too, side that they want to move. A huge driving range. Now, there's been a proposal. Uh, from the government and the councils 
to completely transform the Albert mm. Park area, whereby uh, the golf course will be go, go from 18 holes to nine holes. They'll put a, a little mini golf, you know, yeah, yeah. chip and putt and move the driving range across to the other side. The lakeside members of Albert Park are up in arms, as they would be. Yeah. But the overall Albert Park area, potentially an improvement. Um, I want to get your thoughts because a lot of people at first glance would look at this, and I'm one of them who read mm. it and went, oh, no. I think Albert Park Golf Course is one of our great viewing court. Like, it's, it's one of the great awesome. courses to play. It's where I grew For up. 30 bucks, you can play, and you're playing far, par fives, and you've got the city yep. skyline in your background. It's like Liberty National in New York. Yes, it's it's where I grew so up. It's not playing. quite as good a course. My dad, my dad used to take me there, yeah. and there was a little par three course on the other side too that was mm. under lights. It was eighteen holes under lights, really next to the carousel. Nine nice. so, nine holes either side of the carousel. Nice. Um, so yeah, when I read the article today, uh, it it broke my heart yep. a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think there is a need in this town for a place that makes it easier to get on. Uh, and I'm talking about there's a big bridge, there's a big gap from going from the driving range mm-hmm. to uh, an, to the first tee. Yeah. And and Elwood Park is an intimidating place if you're a lady or if you're a child, especially on the weekend. Yes. Standing on that first tee. Uh, I'm wrestling with the idea, but the numbers suggest to me that there's a lot of people who love Elwood Park golf course to mm. this day. But look, if as long as... We have a golf facility in Albert Park. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to hurt a lot of people, yep. a lot of people, a lot of people, but I need to look at the plans and, and see if it's going to be an upgrade of the of the current facility because, you know, it's been let go. Mm-hmm. The Albert Park golf course is yes. not what it should be. No, it's not. And it could be so much better. It could be so much better. Yep. It could be so much better. Look, you know, I'd love it to be 12 holes. Could we, yeah. sque- could we squeeze in 12? Yeah. Nine holes is nice, but so twelve holes would be better. If we're going to move the driving better. range, Marco, if we're going to move the driving range and turn it into an elite practice facility, mm. where the golf course is, rather than being across the other side of the lake, yeah, are we going to turn it into an elite, elite practice facility oh, where yeah. with proper bunkers and with proper chipping well, and playing off grass rather than off mats? It has to be. So you've got this. Oh, no, it'll, it'll, you'll never get a driving range in the city as busy as this one off grass. It, that'll never never happen. happen? That'll never even ever if happen. you charge people fifty bucks. Do it. Yeah, well, that's different. You could have a, a, a grass area, but yep. it, no one does it anymore. So I, I, I understand what you're saying, yep. but maybe maybe a teaching area yeah. where you could hit some well, that's off the what grass. I, I think the teaching area might be the only place where they could have the grass yeah. areas to, to hit off. But even so, in winter, just you know, with people yeah, hitting it all the time, it, yep. it just gets absolutely ripped up. But mm. there, needs, there needs to be mats. Uh, there needs to be big fences because there's mm-hmm. a... Queen's Road right, right there. Yes. It's a very busy road here in Melbourne. Um it hurt it hurts, but I think I think it could be the best thing for the for the area if you yep. think about all like what they what they're proposing. Mm. It does look pretty good on, on on paper. Okay. But I think nine holes you know, the nine holes where they've got it located, it's the best nine holes. It's yeah. the best part of it. Yeah. Look, it's sad for a lot of people, but it could be it could be a great thing for Melbourne to have you know as long as the kids and the ladies and a lot of a lot of people get to use it, then maybe it'd be okay. There you go. <sighs> maybe I hate saying it. I hate, <laughs> I hate losing. I would hate to lose eighteen holes there, but as long as we got something there, yep. it could work. All right, quickly before the break, uh, the PGA event is on up in Queensland yeah. this week, yeah. and Mark Leishman, Adam Scott. That's right. Good field. Uh, Sergio's Sergio, up there. Giannis um, Blixt. Yep. Now. Adam Scott, 
Mm. Read an article this week out of the blue. Didn't realise. Saw a photo of him in the shorts, which I love too, by the way. Yeah. European tour, he led to have practice That's rounds right. And in they shorts. said in Australia, why not? Give it a go. Sensational. And he was putting with the old broomstick. Yeah. I don't get this. Now, I've read quotes since, and mm-hmm. the quotes, he's been looking at Bernard Langer and Scott McCarran on the Seniors Tour. Yep. Or the Champions Tour. They're one and two for money. They're also one and two on the putting stats. But they're also the number one target for most people who love this game about, well, some some will go as far to say it's cheating. Others will say it's beyond. Yep. It's, it's, not part, it's not the spirit in which this rule was designed because the rule was designed to stop people from anchoring that's right. the putter. Yes. And that's not happening. And you know what? When when you get on Twitter and things go viral of Bernard Langer anchoring while he's having a birdie putt, then Bernard Langer is now you – know, I've scrubbed him. Well, this is, the I quote, love him. this is the quote you're talking about. From I Adam love Bernard Langer, and I've scrubbed him because of what he's doing now on that senior tour. I've just noticed, like everybody else <laughs> – I love this – like yeah. everybody else – the Bernard Langer and Scott McCarran have uh, making everything they look at and have done since the anchoring ban and moving it away from the body. So it was actually pointed out to me that this year they both recorded the best ever putting stats since the stats have been ever. kept. Both of them beat their old best. I don't know if it's just a coincidence or if they must have had a really good year, but maybe they found the best way to putt. From what I can see, they're not anchoring the club on their chest. They're anchoring their forearm. That's right. And... The hand stays away. So that's still anchoring. Yeah, That's still anchoring in my view. And that's not how the rule was written. I mean, the people who have made the rules, they've made a mistake. So the hand's not near the chest, mm. but the forearm seems to be. <laughs> the forearm's right there. Well, you can't putt without it. So maybe it's a so good So if you've got the forearm on, I mean, that's still you, – you, the, 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 part, the part where the golf club swings from is, in a way, anchored. Mm. It's just not anchored with the butt of the club – it's anchored with the forearm yep. on the rib cage. Yep. So he only has to. It that that hand that, one that, bit of vision, Marco. One bit of vision where Adam Scott's hand gets on his chest and he putts and it's not pulled up, then Adam Scott will be brutalized on Twitter. That's right. He'll be And, I'll have be to. Of and I love Adam be Scott. I don't want to do it. All right. But I hope he doesn't do it. Yeah. Uh, and I hope if he does do it, I mean Adam Keep your arm Keep way your away. Out. Don't don't put your arm anywhere near your shirt. Yep. If you're going to do it, give it the, give it a gap. Put a nice gap in. Just there. be careful, mate. This is bad. <laughs> I, I don't like I don't like where it's headed. Yep. All right, we're going to get to a break. Your top five uncool things that might make <laughs> might make an appearance. That. Yeah, let's go. All right, we're going to go top ten uncool things on the golf course. Is next. Stick around. Mark Allen is busily preparing his top ten. You're listening to The Clubhouse with Mark Allen and Julian Bayard. You're welcome back to The Clubhouse. Julian Bayard is my name. Mark Allen is here as well as we talk all things golf. And we do a top five each week. Mark Allen just takes a look at the world of golf. And sometimes the lists just write themselves. And this week is exactly that. We've gone from a top five to a top ten this particular week because it was just so easy to do. But it could have literally gone to a top 20, but we just don't have time. But this week. Okay. The top, not five, the top ten. Mm. Uncool things in golf. Yes. Righto. What's number ten, Mark? Number ten. <laughs> Ankle high white socks. Ooh. So, you know, we fought and fought and fought for years to get the long white socks taken out. Yes. There are still some people getting around who have a white sock that goes well above the calf. That's right. Yep. What are you doing? No. Just go to an anklet sock. That's right. 
So much better. Mm-hmm. Number nine. And, but still has to be white. I don't want to see any black socks there or anything like that. I'll tell you a story another day. <laughs> Number nine, wearing that same sock with a business shoe attached to it in the clubhouse after you've oh, finished. No. So you've gone to the trouble of changing mm. your shoe, your golf shoes. Your the golf sock is still there, mm. and you're wearing a black pair of shiny business <laughs> shoes with the long ankle sock. Yep. I mean, come on. Yeah. Fix this situation, <laughs> please. That. Number eight, the button on the golf glove to mark your ball. Ah. The one that little the little clip in one That's that comes so, on only reg, uh, some sort of gloves. It's so bad. It's so. You know bad. what I think? It's I so think bad. the button on the glove only comes with the cheapest type of glove. You yes. know when, when you're in the, uh, in the pro shop yeah. and you've got the wall of gloves and it's yeah. the same glove but it's like four different yeah. versions. Yeah. So no. the expensive ones are like fifty bucks and thirty bucks, twenty bucks, ten bucks. Yeah. The button only comes on the ten buck job. I don't mind if you buy that glove. That's okay. But yeah. take the button and throw it away it. when you pay your money. That's yes. a shocking look. Mm. Only worse. Is the casino chip? Oh no! That the youngsters seem to want to mark their ball with. Yeah, and the casino chip is half a centimeter thick. Yeah. So you might as well leave your ball there because it's yeah. going to knock the ball out of the way anyway. And you know, once upon a time there were some you know pretty high rollers that were probably marking their ball with a five hundred dollar or a thousand dollar casino chip. Not yet. The five dollar one you buy from the shop no. it doesn't work. No. If you, what are you doing? And if you're rolling out with a Crown Casino $2.50 chip you've got from the poker room downstairs, no thanks. Okay. <laughs> now, we saw this a bit last week. It's the Australian Open. Yep. It's a big-time event. Mm-hmm. And you're walking around with a stand bag as a pro? <laughs> and your caddy's carrying it? I mean, come on. You just find a bag that's yeah. suitable. <laughs> I, I understand the amateurs in the event, particularly yep. the ones that had you know, Team Japan or Team Australia on yes. it. No worries in the world, guys. You're an amateur. Yes. And I get it. Once you turn pro. Once you turn pro. No standbags. No. There are no standbags in professional <laughs> golf. There are no standbags in professional <laughs> golf. Now you're warming up. Please. Now you're warming up. Here we go. Righto. Number five. Now, this, now, we're five. starting we to get go. serious yeah. here. Now we're going. If you buy a ticket to go to a professional golf event, mm-hmm. don't come dressed like you've got a tea time. <laughs> right? The Why full, does this happen? The full golf kit. Yes. As a spectator. I can't cop it. So you you got your white belt, you got your shirt tucked in, yep. you got your slacks. You got your and titleist you, FJ cap. And you've got <laughs> your golf shoes. Why do you need to wear golf shoes? You're not walking on the green, mate. What are you doing? <laughs> you don't have a tea time. Just go in a pair of shorts and a polo that hangs out. That's it. Oh, Ooh. I love it. I can't believe that wasn't number one. Wow. Gee, it must be a good top four. All right. I heard a bit of this last week. Yep. I thought it was gone. But once a shot is struck, do not yell out, get in the hole. Oh, no. Do not yell out, mashed potatoes. Oh, no. And do not yell out, you the man. Yep. I it's passe. It's finished. It's over. You look like an idiot. Yep. <laughs> no matter how much you've had the drink. I did on the 18th up in Sydney last week. Jordan Spieth hit a really nice chip. And just someone over in the corporate tent who'd had a lot. I reckon, yelled out, mashed potatoes. Oh. And you know, everyone just looked at me and went, nah, mate. What are you doing, <laughs> what are you mate? Doing, mate? <laughs> okay. Hey, now, it is summer. It's officially summer. Yep. Um, but I, I can't cop these. Mm. Sunbrellas. A sunbrella. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, just put the sunscreen on, all right? Yeah. So, well, wear a big hat. And even, even worse when they're attached to your buggy and permanently upright, like yeah. walking around. So you, yeah. you just just cop this, put some sunscreen yeah. on and a hat. Yeah. yeah, 
Okay. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. Maybe I should cross it. I mean, there are skin cancers <laughs> are worry, but still, it it's just, it's a, the, look, you can, you can wear it, but just know this. It's number three on the uncool <laughs> look. All right. If you have to, you have to, but if you, if you go in with the umbrella, just make sure you don't have the button on the glove and the, uh, the white yeah. socks. <laughs> All right. Now this is, this is, this is big on my list. Yeah. <sighs> number two, mm. the 12 inch tool bag on a buggy. Uh. What are you doing? You're you're not getting paid by Callaway or TaylorMade or Titleist. Mm-hmm. You're not on the roster. You've got to pull the bag yourself. Yeah. What are you doing? It's full of jumpers and <laughs> waterproofs and an umbrella and a thousand balls, and you're carrying it around. Yeah. You know, you can barely put it in a ute without <laughs> the back wheels going down a bit. Holy moly! Yes. The twelve inch. I mean, you're just on. Who, who who are you trying to kid? Mm. That yep. you're a gun because you got a twelve inch tool bag. Yeah, you don't have a caddy, mate. Just get a little bag. Yeah. <laughs> just get a little bag. Yeah. All right, number one. Here we go. And this one, this probably applies. The number one yeah. uncool thing that I've ever seen in the world of golf. Yeah. The golf cart with personalised plates. Free putt. Ah, uh, it's the great number one. Long drive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, please. Please. Yes. What uh, are you doing? That is the great number one. A brilliant Personalized number one. Personalised plates. Oh, what are you... It's bad Have a look at yourself. Car. Have a look at yourself if you've done this. <laughs> anyway. Well played. A good list marker. We could do... Your best could, ever, we could do another un- do cool. <laughs> We could do another top ten next week with t- different things. Anyway. <laughs> A good list. We love golf, but yeah. some people love it a little bit too That's much. It. A great list. Well played. A break. Marco's Masterclass when we come back. Now on the Clubhouse, Marco's Masterclass. Yes, yeah, that time of the week where we get a free golf lesson from the number one teacher in golf on radio, Mark Allen. And uh, each week, we uh, Marco's Masterclass mm. is uh, delivered by Club Mandalay Golf Course. And you can play golf at Club Mandalay. It's great golf in Melbourne's north. Uh, and you get around for two, Marco, with oh. a motorised cart, with a drink. No personalised number plates on those Good. carts. <laughs> Only 79 bucks, so two people with a uh, cart and a drink at Club Mandalay. Beautiful. Take your stand bag. No problem. <laughs> Put it in, in the, the back, back of the cart. cart. No problem on the That's back right. of the cart. Okay, uh, you and I had a really good look at Jordan Spieth last week. Mm-hmm. One of the most beautiful things about his golf swing, and just take the foot action out, the f- his, yeah. his <laughs> footwork feet. doesn't work. Bad feet. But his tight right arm, and, and, and it's something that you notice with a lot of the best players, Tiger Woods, Ben Hogan, Jordan Spieth, their right arm at the top of the swing is in tight. And the right forearm basically points straight down. A way of doing this is to have a weak grip. Because if you have a weak grip and then take the club back shut, you will find that the only thing that your right arm can do is get in nice and tight. So I say this knowing that everyone's skeletal makeup is different. Mm -hmm. That's why everyone's golf swing looks different. But if you suffer from a flying right elbow and it's something you can't stop, try the weak grip and take the club back where you feel like your right hand is holding a tray of drinks. The club face will still be square with a weak grip. So the way I do it is a weak left-hand grip, so the thumb straight on top of the club, not around. But also, when you put the right hand on, the line that your thumb and forefinger make, you want that pointing straight at your belly button. Yep. That's a weak grip. But if you combine the weak grip with a shut club face or, or the the feeling that your your right hand is holding a tray of drinks, the club face will still be square. 
and your right elbow and forearm position will be totally different, just like Jordan Spieth. Nice. So if you've always had trouble with the flying right elbow, weak grip, take the club back shut, hold a tray of drinks at the top, mm-hmm. watch what happens. Nice. Easy. It was good watching Jordan Spieth on the range. We went down and had a look. for How high was he hitting it? Oh. How about the driver? When he hit the driver, it just launched so high, yeah. there was no rising no. of his golf on these good ones anyway. like a semicircle. It was just a dome. Yep. <laughs> so good. To Unbelievable. Watch it. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, amazing. And like he doesn't have much club head speed, but he still gets it out there. He does. Mm. If you do get a chance to watch these pros on the driving range, it's a whole different experience, Marco. Yeah, it's watching good fun. them warm up. It's good fun watching it all. Really enjoyed it. All right, thank you for that. Uh, that's your masterclass with Club Mandalay. Play golf, play Club Mandalay. Clubmandalay.com.au. Hey, Marco, we'll see you next week. We'll find out how Tiger went. Go, Tiger. Go, Tiger. Come on, Tiger. Let's get through the week. <laughs> and see we'll you next week, buddy. We'll wrap the PGA Tour as well. We'll see you next week.